Zedheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Lucy. And this is The Walking Dead Cast, episode 359. Uh, thank you guys. You and Pake did great last week. I enjoyed what I heard of that, and it sounded like a lot of fun. We had a laugh. Enthusiasm. It was really, really good fun. Pake, you're fab. <laughs> Pake, yeah, should really be the host of the show since he <laughs> loves fear so much. I know. <laughs> he was kind of like, it was interesting because he was like, Oh yeah, I don't understand why. What show are you guys watching? Like, I love it so much. And then he would be like, "Well, yeah, I do concede on this point." And yeah, (laughs) we will break down your illusions one by one. (laughs) Naive. No, just kidding. So, um, before we get started today, I just wanted to note that the whole reason why Strange Indeed, uh, Strange Indeed podcast on Podcastica was started is because they were covering Stranger Things and now two years later Stranger Things season three is about to come out so just wanted to call people's attention to that I'm excited there's quite a few um shows releasing over summer I think we've got Orange is the New Black is coming back right and there was something else that I'm quite pumped for and I it's obviously so important to me that I can't remember it so (laughs) no just oh Veronica Mars Veronica Mars is coming back oh I never got into that but I'm curious oh my God, if anyone wants yeah. a Veronica Mars podcast, I would love to do oh, that. Really? Is it because uh, <laughs> yeah. weren't they doing movies, or now they're doing a n- new series? Yeah, so there was a, a fan petition for a movie in about 2014, I think, and that came yeah. through. And the movie was pretty decent, actually. Um, but after that, there were some novels, and then they decided to come back for a, okay. a, a run of a season. So it's pretty exciting. That's interesting because when that first came on, she was very young, right? It was like girl detective. Yeah, it was. It filled a gap, I think, for a lot of my friends who were big Buffy fans. Yeah. That kind of filled the gap after Buffy finished was Veronica Mars. Um, but now she's yeah, a Kristen, full-grown adult, so it must have a different is. flavor to it, I, I would think. It is, yeah. It's The film was quite interesting that way. It's a clever show, though, I think, and it it's kind of quite self-referential about a lot of it. So, yeah, I'm excited. So if anyone else out there in the universe is excited, please hit me up because I'd love to, to chat more about that particular show sweet twitter's a good place to get hold of you right yes that is what where is i your... waste i mean spend most of my time <laughs> um, <laughs> What's your uh, my twitter is um at eclepit which is y-c-l-e-p-i-t it is also my semi-professional account so you may get some stuff about manuscripts as well as pictures of cats <laughs> like, it's basically it's... lucy in a nutshell it's an eclectic mix. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the main event. 
Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. Alright, it's our Deadcast Top 5. This week it's our Top 5 Highlights for Fear of the Walking Dead Season 5, Episode 5, The End of Everything. Although it's not actually the end of everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, I'm really excited too about Orange is the New Black. I have loved that show. It's had its ups and downs, but I've been a fan ever, you know, since it started. Oh, yeah. And now they're sure. wrapping it up and I'm excited to see how they wrap it up. Okay. Nice change of pace this episode. What did you yeah. think of it? Oh, do you know, I really liked it. I, as an episode of television, I loved it. As an episode of Fear, I'm not sure where it fits into the grand scheme of things, but there was a lot I really enjoyed about it and two really strong performances, I thought. So for me, it was a pretty, pretty enjoyable episode. How about for you? As an episode of Fear, what do you mean just because it was sort of tangential? It just didn't feel... Yeah, it felt like a real bottle episode in that it... It kind of it was so self-contained, and mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to revisit that storyline. CRM or whatever. Yeah, I don't think we're going to revisit that until maybe towards the end of the season or if at all in another season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I kind of liked that. I think it it served the story well because the story was really about the connection between Al and Isabel, and that the way they showed respect for each other was through you know keeping those secrets or you know sharing those particular confidences mm-hmm. so as an episode of fear i feel like it took us away from the many many plot threads that are going on right. but in a kind of is, nice way and it I had found some it nice. good it, it's nice yeah. to me to simplify every once in a while and focus on a few characters or in this case only one of of the main characters and personally too i never really give a fuck if an episode of tv furthers the plot if it's enjoyable in and of itself exactly that's what i care about is am i um moved by this am i interested intrigued whatever is it is it hitting me in some way that's really what i care about and both the walking dead and to an extent fear have a good history of these kind of two-hander smaller episodes Mm -hmm. um so it's always a a nice breath of fresh air when they they come around and someone pointed out that it's the same writer i think it's so the showrunners wrote this episode i believe and they also wrote um john and june's uh two-hander episode last season so clearly this is where their skills lie i think in terms of the way that they tell stories but it kind of makes a bit more sense as to why we're struggling mm. a bit more with the many different narratives as yeah. opposed to these more closed stories. And it's interesting too, because we're talking about, okay, maybe some people see that this episode, a shortcoming of it is that it doesn't further the fear of the walking dead story. But what it, what it actually does do is it takes a huge step, I would say in the walking dead universe storyline. Yeah. <laughs> so it does. It that's really something. Does. For those people who are interested so. in that kind of thing, which I am too. I am, definitely. And I think it, it towed a fine line between not giving a lot away or giving too much. I think it, it did the right amount of a little bit more insight, a little bit mm-hmm. more background, but without spelling out like, we are the Commonwealth, we have 50,000 people, <laughs> we live here. It was like, okay, we know a bit more. Yeah. And we can sit with that for a bit. It was like it's not urgent. Yeah. In my opinion, it was perfect because 
it got, I really am interested in this group now and I already was, but even more so now. And it gave just enough information to get me really wanting to know more. Yeah. That's it, you know? And so I'm like, now I'm looking up when are these walking dead movies coming out? Nobody knows, but I think next year. Yeah. And I I like it. um, Yeah, no, I think I'm I'm glad that we get to to chat about this one because I feel like it, yeah, it just feels like a different kind of episode from what we've had this season so far. And I'm excited to talk more about it, actually. Okay, well, I think we should. Sorry, it's it's Canada Day here and uh, we'll end the podcast now. Um, (laughs) It's quite weird because when you said that, it's Canada Day here. So we've had a holiday and it's been great, but we're also having this like wild storm um, which has stopped just momentarily but I keep seeing like forks of lightning out my window it is really intense wow. so you were like let's stop the podcast <laughs> fork of lightning I was like oh <laughs> so if you hear rumbling that's what it is it's not my stomach Exciting. it's the weather <laughs> I look out and it's extremely temperate and boring Ugh. well okay. good for you <laughs> what's your number five I think number five I'm just gonna go straight in with it um LGBTQ representation on the show. Um, I called it about Al when we first started podcasting about this um, you win particular the set award. of characters. I do win the Gator <laughs> Award, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank my family. Um, I'm sad that it's not Al and Alicia, but I think that was kind of hinted at a little bit as well. Um, but I just, I just really enjoyed it. I thought, And I thought it was written so well um, in terms of the way that Al related to Isabel and the way that she was kind of flirtatious, kind of softer with her and those moments by the fire. It was just really engaging chemistry between the two actors and I just really felt invested in their relationship, which for a short episode and a short period of time between two quite stubborn characters is a big achievement, I think, and testament to how good the performances were. Um, I think Fear, I was reading an article actually about Fear as opposed to The Walking Dead in terms of how it portrays sort of sex and relationships and I thought that was quite interesting because I think The Walking Dead has maybe gone there more explicitly with sex scenes whereas Fear has tended to be more kind of fading away before things happen or at the end of, you know, we see the aftermath of something. But I think in a lot of ways, the relationships in fear are more subtle. I'm thinking about Strand um, and his partner who passes away at the end of, no, at the start of season two, sorry, and about the way that Al relates to Isabel and Alicia's relationships with Troy's brother, whose name I can't remember. <laughs> R.I.P. Jake, Jake. Nice. Jake. Nice auto. Nice one. Um, yeah, and I was kind of thinking that's actually one of the things the show does quite well with the glaring exception maybe of Nick and Luciana which was like a lot of charisma opposite of vacuum (laughs) so I'm just like don't really understand that one so much but I thought the way that they wove it into the story was great I feel like it's a really stylish model of vacuum very current and sleek yeah (laughs) very beautiful Mm -hmm. but don't give it painkillers um the I think that I know more about Al now because of this relationship and because of this episode. And for that, I yeah. am I'm grateful. It's given That's her more layers. That's one way where it was completely relevant to fear because it deepened Al's character. And in a quite a, a happy 
way because I think sometimes when you deepen people's characters it means you find out the horrible trauma that they've gone through and to an extent you do hear that a little bit with Al um, because you hear about her brother but you also see her freeing herself a little bit from those kind of demons Um, and that is nice to see it's nice to see someone becoming more comfortable and more engaged Mm -hmm. I mean what's interesting to me about Al one thing I mean, for one thing, I'm just glad that this episode was about her because she's very appealing on screen the way she, her vibe to me. You she know, is. Her calmness. She really is. But what's interesting to me about it is she's always asking questions to everybody and yet she's very reluctant to reveal things about herself a lot of the times mm-hmm. or kind of slippery. And in this episode, um, I think you got a sense that there's a coldness to that. Like she loves yeah. her job more than her job is more important than people. And, and she softened a bit because she had that moment with Isabel, this mm-hmm. soldier woman, uh, where she decides they both decided that in this case, each of them was more important to each other than their jobs, especially yeah, Isabel who let was... Al live. Yeah. And that was a yeah. moment for Al and she, and they're both revealing things to each other. And, and that's, uh, you know, if you, there's this thing about mutual disclosure where if you disclose something personal about yourself to somebody else, and then they'll be more likely to do that back to you. And then you feel more bonded. And then she goes and tells Morgan and Alicia her last name. And I just feel like that was a little uh, moment for her where she realized, you know, I'm going to open myself up a little bit more and be a little more Mm. human and warm to these people who are now my friends and, and allow myself to be closer to them. So I really liked that whole development. And it's also kind of about her her being a character in a story now. It's like, you know, I I have a name. I am this part. You know, it's this thing where she's like, if I died tomorrow or if I wasn't around, I wouldn't really have left my own story or who I am there. So when she reveals her surname, which I'm going to absolutely <laughs> massacre when I'm going to try and say it, but thankfully Jeff Allen has uh, given me a handy... Uh, pronunciation guide for listening to grunts and grunts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's just really nice. And I like that she gave Isabel that tape and Isabel kept it because it, it was almost like Al was freeing herself of something. You know, the guilt that she felt about her brother. She was like, what can you give someone in the zombie apocalypse that means something? Like what... You know, that we see it a lot. So in, in The Walking Dead proper, we have certain items like... Rick's watch, Herschel's pocket watch, the red machete, these kind of things become meaningful um, despite being quite mundane. And in fear, you see that as well. Like I liked there was the, the scene where Isabel was talking about her, uh, her partner, her colleague who was dead, and she has this key. And you can tell that key <laughs> is symbolic of like so much to him and everything. And she's just like, nah, fuck it, and throws it yeah, in there. It's pointless <laughs> it <away>. now. <laughs> yeah, and it's the way that we put the meaning into these objects, and they both sort of give each other. The, the things that they do for one another are meaningful. Um, and Al giving her that tape is a very meaningful, I think, symbol of of the thing that they have together. And I was just, I was really taken yeah. with it. Um, and, you know, just in time for Pride as well. So good right. on you for The Walking Dead. Right. Happy days. Um, and, um, you know, Maggie Grace, not annoying. Like, I, I was so unenthused when I heard that she was joining Fear. I was just like, oh, fucking great. Um, but I've completely eaten my words on that. I was oh, actually yeah. really pleased to see Al this episode. From episode one, we talked about that early on. Oh, we thought she was going to yeah. be... Uh, 
Shannon, but no. Oh God, can you not imagine? Not at all. What would you have done at the end of the episode if she turned and she's like, guys, Shannon from Lost, that's my name. And they're like, oh no, we hated that show. <laughs> that would have been interesting, but it would I mean, have I been not made her, any sense at all. So I don't remember what her surname is, so I'm just going to assume it's from Lost, all one word. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Rutherford? You, your... It's Rutherford. Oh, it might be, actually. God, I just pulled that out of some recess of my mind. Uh, my number, let's say it's... Isabel and Al's relationship as and romance as it progresses over the episode so I can mm-hmm. talk a little bit more of that I liked I, I like when two characters start out wanting to kill each other and then end up kissing <laughs> it's an mm-hmm. old trope but it's it's intriguing if done well and I, I think it was here and it was interesting to me that you know it's obvious that Isabel is a very dangerous person, but Al is really mm-hmm. bold about not taking orders or even when she was in the, was she in the helicopter or somewhere? And there was commands coming through the radio and Isabel needed oh. to answer it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, got the gun pointed at Al and Al's like, Oh, it seems like you really want to, uh, you need to talk to these people. And I'm like, you don't have any leverage here. I mean, Yep. <laughs> it's like you better just move out of the way. <laughs> she had some um, great kind of flirty nicknames as well. She's like, I'm just going to call you happy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. She's just being really flip about the whole thing, and I feel like she's um, she must be okay with possibly dying to the point where it's like I, yeah. my integrity is more important to me than trying to save my life. Which there's something. Yeah. On, uh, admirable about that especially in the zombie apocalypse and for someone who doesn't have anybody relying on her I mean if she had kids then I might think differently about it but she's yeah. just alone so it's like wow that's and I and I am pretty sure that uh, Isabel appreciated that too on some level it probably was attractive to her and I did think I think at the end Al did really think she was going to shoot her mm-hmm yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah, I really the the I've actually got a note that Maggie Grace's face there is just really wonderful. That whole scene, the whole shot of just her kind of acceptance and her surprise and kind of movement forward from that moment is really, really powerful. And I think mm-hmm. yeah, Al. I think maybe at that point is when she realizes that she's maybe not okay with dying. You know, she does have people to go back to and right something to live for and that's but that's the, pretty cool there's uh there's a real honesty in in uh tempting fate by being mm. her real self versus trying to um okay okay i'll do whatever you want to save herself yeah. because when she is okay with risking herself then she can just be her true self and that's usually always attractive when you just barrier soul like yeah. that or barrier cars you know leave yourself vulnerable and open so so they become closer through a few different things mutual disclosure like i mentioned talking about you know things that they've never told anyone um also dependence this whole thing which i'll talk more mm-hmm. about later but the the mountain climber zombie i mean they're climbing they when you're doing mountain climbing like that with your partner you're both dependent mm-hmm. on each other for your lives and and also commonality they um talk about she says you and i are the same bird or something about how yeah our job are, is more important to us than anything and also exactly. just a raw attraction that the, they you could feel 
maybe even from the first moment when she first took off her helmet there was something there <laughs> oh definitely there was chemistry all yeah. over the shop i was like yes all that said i i did when they're sitting at the fire and Al knows that Isabel's probably going to kill her at the end of this once Al gives her what she wants or if Al continues mm-hmm. to refuse. And yet they, she's like, oh, it's so nice to have a nice moment like this with beer and fire and everything. And I really wanted to just fall, fall into that and believe it. But it was hard for me to believe when she knows that this person's probably going to kill her uh, now maybe everything else i've been saying about al is she's sort of like okay i don't care if i die i'm still just gonna be yeah. in the moment <laughs> i don't know it was a little cheesy to me i am also choosing to believe that they slept together like i just i think <laughs> See, i don't know maybe it didn't. I, I wondered <laughs> that but then when they kissed it really felt like a first kiss like it was a revelation yeah. to them you know i know what you mean i was like yeah, that I mean, the, when the they kissed, then I thought, oh, I guess they didn't hook up the other night. I think uh, the fan fiction writers of Fear the Walking Dead fandom will have a, a mm-hmm. good time with that one. Maybe what happened <laughs> is they hooked up, but they didn't kiss. And so then when they did kiss. <laughs> oh, like in Pretty Women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love okay. it. Um, That's I think, advice. yeah, I, um, I don't think I have anything to... Add to that, her other nickname that she uses is Crackwise, which I thought was funny. And uh, <laughs> she says to her, I don't have a network, sweetheart. And I thought sweetheart was kind of delightfully patronizing. It's almost Sawyer-ish, really. It really right? is. And it's completely. And it is um, a kind of zombie apocalypse Cinderella because she gives her her boot back, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nobody else whose boot it could be, but it, you know, I'm going to choose to interpret that as a bit of a fairy tale. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm going to go for number four. I think I will go for Isabel herself, actually. She's on my, my list here. I think Isabel was a really interesting character. Um, she looked so familiar, but having looked, it's the actress Sydney Clemens is, is fairly new in her career um but i thought she brought a lot of gravitas to that role i thought she brought a real sense of i don't know i wouldn't want to fuck with her (laughs) she really brought this kind of ruthless sense to it but not in a way but just more like you really don't want to fuck with me kind of (laughs) almost like we've said it already but almost like al like that kind of like haha i'm you're i could fuck you up quite easily very centered do it you know and she um i just thought her performance was really really wonderful and i hope that this actress goes on to do other things um because she seems to to carry a two-hander episode with an established kind of character like that when you're not a known presence is pretty impressive and her the scene between the two of them you know where she says i want you to live that was really really moving i found myself tearing up there for you know people that i barely bloody knew um i like that she's isabel from indiana because it reminds me there's a game you play when you're little or in boy scouts or whatever with um your name and where you're from and what you do and it all has to start with the same letter and i was like oh she's isabel from indiana and she's uh and i was like oh she's not gonna tell us where her job is and it probably <laughs> but whatever <laughs> I, was like, 
I can't even say immunologist. I work at the radioactive lab. She's um, Isabel from Indiana, and she's inscrutable. And she's inscrutable, yeah. And she's, I don't know, um, <laughs> maybe for the uh, limerick contest, we could get some Isabel <laughs> stuff going on there. Um, so, yeah, I just, I really liked her, I liked her performance. I liked the way that she struggled with the needs of the mission versus her heart um, and I mm-hmm. think that she had a really nice line the second time I watched it to Al about stories mattering but other things mattering more and I think that's interesting when you see people's priorities clash against one another um, and very much her emphasis on the idea that whatever she's working with whoever she's working for they're looking for the future and it seems like they have decided that the road to that future is one of violence in order to get there. And that's quite interesting because it kind of ties into bigger questions about nation building and mm-hmm. how you get to a place of, of communication. And she seems to believe that. She seems to know that what they're doing is wrong, but she wants to keep doing it. Yeah, it's, And she sees the overall picture. It's, it's um, I'm not sure if they're sort of on this genocidal path. It seemed more to me like they're, like we have this plan and if anyone is a threat to that in any way, then they need to be extinguished. Uh, otherwise yeah. we'll leave them alone. But also that they're like, even we, it, it, something she said made it seem like even she wasn't going to see the fruits of their labor that they're, yeah. I don't know if that's a foregone conclusion or just a possibility, but it seemed like a foregone conclusion almost that they're like, we're doing something it's like you know you're piloting a rocket to smash into an asteroid or something you know yeah yeah and that gives me a real kind of interest in the the scale of the thing and mm-hmm. i'll come back to that in one of a, kind yeah, of a later point but um yeah so i just thought isabel was a great a great one-off character um and i was pleased to have her around for this episode and i in a way i hope we don't see her again or we don't see her for a long time um mm-hmm. I kind of like that the story is left as it is and that she says to Al, you know, don't chase this story, don't come and find me. Um, They seem to have a real understanding of one another in that time frame. And yeah, maybe she'll turn up in the Rick Grimes movies. She does have a similar similar haircut to Jadis, so I don't know if that's what all the women at the potential Commonwealth (laughs) look like, but we'll see. (laughs) She, uh, yeah, I I have a feeling it's a huge organization and and we might not see her but we might in the movies or sometime else yeah uh someone in the chat group thought she looked like or reminded them of jennifer tilly i was thinking maybe more sister meg tilly i don't know let me have a i'm just gonna google that image because she just looked so familiar i was like huh oh she does look a little bit like jennifer tilly actually yeah okay well let's see for my number four, then this is kind of a long one, but I'm going to go into this whole CRM group, Isabel's group, and what we know about them. Awesome. And I love that Al has all the questions. What was on the map? What What's with the symbol? Three circles? What are you all about? She's like asking all the questions we have as fans, except, mm-hmm. so where's Rick? And how come Rick hasn't come gone back to get his daughter? Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so we know that they're pro- they they probably have the initial CRM. They have this mm-hmm. symbol of three circles. They're secretive. Isabel says 
the mission. No one can know anything. No one can even see us, which does beg the question, well, is it a good idea to have this like branded helicopter? I mean, maybe a helicopter is um, an essential thing because they need to get around, but it seems like it should be more um, clandestine or something, not have this big brand on it. But anyways, yeah. (laughs) then she's like, if someone finds the tape, if they figure out how to read the map, it makes what we have, what we're working towards vulnerable. So Mm. I feel like the secretiveness, well, the real, the biggest reason for the secretiveness is so that walking dead can intrigue us to want to know more. But um, in story, it's about feeling like they have this really important mission and they don't want anyone to know about it and possibly uh, compromise it. Mm-hmm. So secretiveness. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm into it. I mean, um, I get a little like sometimes when there's secretiveness for the sake of secretiveness, it starts to feel gimmicky, but so far with this, mm-hmm. I'm just intrigued. So that's a good, same good for me. Same for sure. Uh, they're very ideological. Uh, Isabel says her job matters more to her than people's lives. She says we are a force who are not living for ourselves or for now. That's what I was thinking of earlier about mm-hmm. not living for ourselves. Um, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than all of us because it's the future and we're the past. Mm -hmm. So I was just thinking um, if there was some hardcore group trying to do something to ensure humanity's survival in the zombie apocalypse, I could see that being an appealing thing to join and give your life to, to give you purpose, you know? Yeah, for sure. Especially if you've lost, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what are they doing? Well, uh, she says, you have your stories already making every day the past. We have the future. Everything I do is to ensure there's more than stories left after I die. Definitely get the feeling they're trying to keep civilization going, which mm. I feel bad for them because they're getting a visit from Rick Grimes and he destroys everything he comes <laughs> into contact with. What? <laughs> it's all fucked. <laughs> uh, on a more sort of practical level, we see these helicopters, uh, I think Isabel said there, for getting supplies. And mm-hmm. we've also seen them, they take people. Uh, they made a deal with Jadis that in exchange for bringing them, I guess, strong survivors, that they would supply her and her garbage people with resources. Mm-hmm. And survivors are label, labeled as A's and B's and they have Rick and we think Heath and Jadis and Isabel. Those are the only members that I know of anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jadis called Rick a B. So I'm sort of wondering if a B and an A, like a B is someone who's reluctant, maybe. I I think I read somewhere that it's to do with like injured or like how Could be, yeah. strong they are because I think Gabriel becomes an A. Oh, I, I don't know. It's weird, but I wonder. Yeah, I wondered about that because I because Rick was not in great shape when we mm-hmm. last saw him. And I was also wondering why did Isabel not put forth to Al? Why don't you come with us? You know, be a part yeah. of us. And I, the only thing I can think of is Al made it very clear several times that she doesn't take orders from anyone. So maybe yeah. Isabel just figured, well, that's not going to fly with this group. And it did also make me think the place is probably not great. Like that was my other thought. She was said she's that. not asking her to come. She yeah. said you don't want to go there, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I know what you mean. I was like, oh, they could just fly off into the dirt. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know they're ru- ruthless that Mm -hmm. Isabel seems nervous about communicating with headquarters. And when they say they're going to send a reclamation team, it feels like Isabel's 
up thinking maybe she fucked up the mission, you know, mm-hmm. and, and having to kill her partner and that maybe they'll just go in and scrub the whole scene and they'll be dead. But then yeah. when she's at the end says she's got the payload and the whole um, thing has been buttoned down and uh, with protocols being followed, well, we know the protocol is that anything that's a threat to operational security must be in- extinguished. So basically mm-hmm. she's saying, yeah, I killed anyone who saw me, which was a lie. Um, yeah, it's so it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it's just um, I got confused at the start because I thought the payload was Althea. I thought they knew that she had someone. I thought it was a person like they come to get a person. But I like that they explained that actually no, it's water purifying. So yeah, that right. makes more sense. Because I was just like the payload, what? But yeah, no, that that definitely made a lot more sense. Yeah, and and I was I was confused by some things in this episode. But she killed her partner. She said on that last run when Beckett saw what the radiation did to the dead, he cracked. And then she mm-hmm. also says nobody just walks away, not with the maps he carried. So it sounded like he was freaked out and wanted to just go off on his own and so she instead of saying well give me those maps she just started firing at him i don't know yeah i was yeah i was kind of i was a bit confused about that bit i was like all right what's hmm?" (laughs) but it sounds like yeah he knows too much and if he's not going to be part of the group he has to be dead and then she said if you see someone wearing this jacket you should be afraid um Mm, so, the very trendy jackets. I did enjoy the interesting, Commonwealth yeah. jackets it's like with their a, little. They even had like the little logo on them, like in the piping. I was like, oh, they should be fancy. in some like German club or something. I don't know. It looks kind of like um, something at Zoolander. I was like, <laughs> Mugatu. <laughs> yeah, and that brings me to the next part. They have their shit together, so they have these zombie-proof outfits, and we saw one gnawing at Althea, and this thick piping prevents biting. I mean. I don't know. The cloth seemed pretty thin, but okay, well, I'll buy it. It's zombie proof. I guess if you had, I was looking at it and it looks like there's wire or something through it. So yeah. it would prevent them. But I, yeah, I know what you mean though. I thought maybe when I saw the wiring that it had something to do with electricity, like maybe the zombie would be shocked, but that, that didn't happen. would be amazing. <laughs> they had, I really loved the whole suspended tent. and Such a good idea, right? Yeah. I went and looked at them on Google, I was like, oh, that's, that's a nice <laughs> idea for camping. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Yeah, okay. yeah, you can get them. Because um, it's like, yeah. it reminded me of hanging food up so bears won't get it when you go camping and this is hanging the zombie food up. Yeah, no, you can get them. They're called um, tree tents or you can get, there's parachute tents as well. So yeah, there's a few different varieties you can get, mm-hmm. but makes such a good, it's just such a sensible thing to have. And they have that like, interesting three-pronged bayonet-like gun and helicopters and they just have all the cool equipment that this cool mysterious shady organization in the zombie apocalypse should have yeah so. it's so it is it's really i like the way that they've built them up a bit i feel like with like jadis and the garbage people it was just so ridiculous when they were introduced it was just like seriously guys what the fuck yeah. is going on so when is we get a group real? where i'm what, like what day is it april 1st yeah <laughs> whereas when you get a group and you're like oh kind of want to know more this is sort of interesting it's always kind of refreshing absolutely a couple more notes about them where are they jadis said they were really far away so not Mm -hmm. near virginia and i think in this episode isabel said something like that too so i don't think they're near texas but am i wrong in thinking like helicopters can't go 
I don't think they can go overseas. Far, yeah, they? maybe there's a yeah. boat. Not like a not actually, like a big ship, you know, a naval ship or something. Well, oh, from Britain, <laughs> sorry. Like, <laughs> okay. Or maybe they're up in Canada. You never know. I mean, I was sort of wondering. I've always been trying to figure out why Rick would not come back for his daughter, and uh, maybe you know, their overseas has been a a choice, but. Maybe he got caught up in the ideology of this group and decided that saving humanity was more important and that Michonne would take care of Judith. I mean, that sounds like right, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I, maybe, yeah. I know what you mean, though. I, it, they are. That's the biggest... I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they sell yeah. that. But I mean, they could go down the cheesy road of amnesia. No, please. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Why? And then I just woke up and I thought I was British. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. Go for it. <laughs> and you mentioned the Commonwealth, but I don't think this group seems much like them at all. I don't yet. Do you know, I... Either they're taking the Commonwealth on a darker route, or the other thought I had was that we're going to meet the com- we're going to meet the Commonwealth and not realize it was the same thing. Because say we're meeting them in six years' time with the Rick films, it is possible that they could display a really glossy, like yeah, this is great mm-hmm. demeanor, um, and then it turns out it has grown from that initial operation. But I don't know. I imagine that the Rick films are going to fill in the six years, but. I, yeah, yeah we just don't see. know the time frame. But I mean, I the the Commonwealth seems like the comic books take on what if capitalism came back in the zombie apocalypse, and yeah, and yeah, it is, it is. with all the um, inequities of society that that brings. To me, this is more like like that movie uh, two thousand twelve, or I don't know, maybe not that, but it's this paramilitary group that is filled with probably um, soldiers and scientists cooped up in a lab somewhere in the arctic circle or something like yeah. that you know it sort of reminds me a bit of the sinister group that they bump into in 28 days later the soldiers yeah like ostensibly good inverted commas but actually really fucking sinister right, <laughs> like psycho. that sort of thing yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what happens with them but i i totally wouldn't be surprised if we don't see anything about them for the rest of this season and yeah. the movies come out next year. So I don't know. We'll see. Mm, all right. Exciting. So that's all I have to say about them. Um, well, I had the Commonwealth as one of mine as well. So I will pop that it as my number three. I don't have much more to add other than uniforms make me think it is a big operation. Uh, my instinct is maybe... We saw that video from Al talking about the National Guard and the army. So part of me is like, is this military in origin? That would maybe make some sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I feel like I learned enough to be intrigued, but not so much that I'm, you know, champing at the bit to see the films immediately. Like, I'm happy for this to build up a little. And I'm kind of glad that it's not, by the looks of it, not going to be a huge focus for this season. I'm glad that we got a hint about it we learned a little bit and that we're moving away from it for a while. Yeah. We got to get to Max Hedrum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not been mentioned for like hundreds of episodes, but that's the other thing. Actually, maybe that's, maybe I'll sneak in one of my notes here, which is this episode gave us a really good sense of the time of the stuff that we've seen so far. So everything that we've seen since the first episode has happened in the space of 72 hours. So that pretty much hangs together. Mm, with I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah, because they, 
I liked, I really liked at the end that the, the two episodes kind of converged. Um, you know, we saw the scene of what the kids had seen from another perspective when we saw Isabel tidying up and getting rid of the last Zeds. Um, yeah. So yeah, three days have passed. So, I mean, maybe it's not totally bananas that they've not thought about the denim factory, but it was nice to have that kind of marker of, of what has been going on. Um, yeah. And it also makes maybe a bit more sense about, I know Paik and I were talking last week about, like, why haven't they just bloody driven home? Like, it's, yeah. you know, it can't be that difficult, but yeah. The reason why they haven't driven home is, I just kept thinking, because they're waiting for Al. But yeah. then again, yeah, why while the fuss about calling a plane in for when yeah, they are ready. Uh, so, but then I was reading in the Wikia page for this week's episode in the notes at the bottom, it said it's revealed that the reason Morgan's group had to use the plane to get in and need to fly out is because none of the roads in the area are passable due to massive traffic jams created by people trying to get out. I don't remember. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't know if someone just wrote that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lenny James got in and he's like, everyone's complaining. I'm just going to go and update the wiki just so they stop having a go at me. Leave me alone. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's why. Also, Morgan is really cool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's the best. (laughs) Morgan is awesome, don't you think? You don't have to write that in the wiki page, Lenny. Yeah. We we agree already. (laughs) It's okay. We like you. We do. (laughs) Okay, my turn. Yeah, I guess that would be your three. So my yeah, my number sure. three is is the tape, which I was really confused about on first watch because they had two tapes and I didn't quite understand why it was important for Isabel to want the one tape and then she pulled out the second one and Elizabeth, Isabel was like, "You had it the whole time, but that wasn't the same tape." And I'm like, "Well," and I'm trying to like participate in a chat group at the same time just wasn't working second time through i think i have it so there's the bog number seven tape and that's uh one of al's tapes covering the beginning of the zombie apocalypse i think because she has tapes labeled the bog going from one to 32 in her truck or whatever and and in this tape it's uh you hear her saying the national guard is coming from the east bridge where it is the army is mobilizing too they've declared a national state of emergency cordoned off the entire area for blocks and then later she's oh, she says the army is moving in from one direction the national guard from the other then later there's gunfire and she's like shit shit they're shooting at each other which um mm-hmm. i guess it's just because of the zombie chaos right I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think it's that kind of, it's the moments that we sort of saw at the start of fear, but also didn't where the military are kind of collapsing a little. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so that tape is important to her because it represents when she, instead of uh, staying with her, I think dying brother, I don't think she could have saved her brother's life, but the implication is that she, instead Mm -hmm. of saying goodbye to him, she left to get this story and then didn't get to say goodbye to him. Yeah. 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 So the other tape is the one that was in her camera and she was we saw in the last episode that we saw her in episode 2 or whatever it was that she was filming I think this whole helicopter scene and the uh Isabel's partner who had become a zombie and she even filmed his this is the important part his maps. I remember seeing yes. that on camera. And so I think that's why 
it was important for Isabel to get those tapes because she doesn't want anyone to have these maps because then they would be able to find their operation and, and maybe yeah. mess it up. It was the image of the maps, I think, that was the real mm-hmm. problem. Yeah, I agree with that that interpretation. So she should have taken that probably tape out after she knocked Althea out, and not yeah, given that her... would have saved quite a lot of problems, <laughs> really, shouldn't it? Oh well. Eh, you know, you live and learn. Maybe she would. Maybe she like. Maybe it was all a plan on her part. Maybe she's like, oh, right. hello. She's okay. cute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna create some drama here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's my number, whatever three. Okay, um, for my number two, I will go for... I thought the cinematography in this episode was really nice. Um, I liked the climbing uh, sequence in particular was really cool. And the shot at the end where they're both sitting kind of on top of the summit, sort of exhausted and kind of... I don't know, I just loved that whole setup of having the fuel drop on top of a mountain. I loved that... Al was a proficient climber. I was like, oh, in another life they would have gone climbing together. <laughs> so cute. Because um, she knew the that lingo for what the me. things were. Yeah, I was like, do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> do we know um, if you were right when you said you thought Al was a, a war correspondent reporter? I don't because know. Because it's I, felt yeah. like that a lot this time when she's looking at the army and the National Guard and everything. Exactly. And I think... Yeah, I think that's what Isabel thinks as well. She says, you and I both had jobs where... And I'm like, yeah, to me, that's that's kind of what I'm choosing to believe is yeah. that she's that kind of journalist. Sure. Um, I just thought that that shot and that sequence were so great. I loved the images of, you know, the the t- tent in the trees, the mm-hmm. just the scenery around them. Al's escape at the start was really well done. The music and kind yeah. of horror the film feel Luring the zombie were, to bring the barbar fence over oh it was so good cool. it was so good i went do you know i went to see that zombie film the dead don't die like i haven't seen it last yet. week tell me what you think okay yeah I, it's got yeah. a low score on rotten tomatoes i was yeah it could it wasn't what i expected it to be mm. but it was nice to be back in the land of plain and simple sort of zombie horror and i think the kind of sound and the direction and the images all came together to really highlight that and the focus on their faces as well particularly in that final confrontation the really close uh crop onto Althea's face as she's standing with the gun to the back of her head was just really well done um and the way that opened up again after with Althea coming out seeing the children um seeing Morgan and Alicia it just all really I thought it hung together really well as a very good kind of filmed well-filmed piece my favorite was in the beginning when Althea is running from Isabel in the dark mm-hmm. and there's the river there and there's one zombie on over on one side and another one somewhere else and it's all lit by w- what seems like moonlight and the way the zombies were moving it really gave me those Night of the Living Dead vibes so good and the, the <laughs> darkness and just the yeah. kind of swampy yeah. bog. oh it was so gross and the zombie that um, Al had hidden the tape on was disgusting yeah. <laughs> like, i just have to point out all, oh, whenever the show just... gives me zombie chills oh I, yeah i love that because it's not often enough but this was really good and then she thought, smashed yeah. that zed head in the car door like a watermelon oh. i love that too 
but it did also take a little bit more effort which I liked mm-hmm. um, I just loved that whole thing was just so gross I thought the zombies in this episode were amazing I loved the mountaineer zombie Yeah. I was like this is bananas but I love it like having to reach that I don't know what the name of that blade is I'm sure it has a proper name yeah, that I will not remember thing. yeah and that whole moment of I was like oh are they going to clip on are they going to clip off Oh, I just thought the whole thing was just very well shot I thought the scenes where there wasn't a lot of dialogue, there was a lot of tension, and I really enjoyed that um, between the, the two, well, the three of them, if you count the other zombie that was just kind of hanging out. Um, yeah, it was cool. And the I probably should have said this in relation to the Commonwealth, but having the fuel drop on top of that kind of rock face is really clever, because, yeah, it is a safe point. The Zeds can't climb. They can't get up there, so it makes mm-hmm. sense that if you had the facility for a helicopter you would put fuel drops places like that. Well, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, she kind of gave her a smart ass answer like, oh, it's up high. And she's like, well, it's a helicopter. So I thought she said that because they could land up there if they wanted to. And yeah. so I think it's a bit of a plot hole that they didn't refuel before doing everything else. You know? Yeah, it does seem a bit like bad planning in the zombie yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> but it's, it's for the drama. And the only thing that you said that I probably am not quite on the same page about is, is the rock climbing setup. The zombie looked great, but um, well, I just sort of wondered how the hell do you become a zombie in that situation? Maybe he got bitten and then decided he wanted to die doing his favorite hobby. Or... <laughs> I just want to climb one yeah, last time. Well, come on, let's go, buddy. I'll, I promise you I'll know, hold you. That is actually a really good question. To be fair, I, I hadn't thought of that, but it is, it is pretty... I mean, because there was no obvious sign of, like, how else they died. Yeah. So, and it was weird because the other guy was up the top, and they were sort of like, oh, that's what happens when you don't work together. And I'm like, I'm not clear on what happened to the I don't know. It doesn't matter. But um, it was quite funny. funny. I, like the, I did like the idea of the guy being stuck at the top because he can't get back down on his own. Yeah. So he just has to wait up there until he dies. Damn it. So I was like, yeah, fair enough. And, like, God damn. And uh, I also thought maybe Al and Isabel should have, like, climbed a few feet over in a different spot. Maybe that was the only good path up or something, but... Yeah, it was feel a bit like manufactured action. It was the plot path, wasn't yeah. it? It was the oh, we have to go within two. Even though this rock face is enormous, we have to go really near this guy. Right. So it's a pretty big fun. mountain. I also don't know anything about climbing, so for me that was just racked with tension because I had no <laughs> yeah. idea what they were doing. I was Did like, you oh, see, oh, my God. oh, there's <laughs> a great movie. Um, it's called Free Something. Fuck, Willie. No, <laughs> uh, it's it's a documentary about these free climbers. And oh, free climbing is yeah. Wow, it's so wild. To find it. I can't okay. even it's... free solo. Yeah, no. free solo, and oh. it's about this guy who decides he wants to climb. Uh, I think Half Dome at um, or maybe it was the other one. Anyways, at Yosemite without the use of any ropes or anything, and oh. It's oh harrowing. <laughs> I can't deal. I, I used to, there was a couple of years ago that film came out about the French trapeze, yeah. Not, yeah, who had to climb between the two towers. Yeah. I literally just 
makes me vomit. I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> so the climbing I could just about handle, but I was like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> but they seemed pretty proficient. So, you know, and it worked out. The other thing I thought I laughed in the moment is she was right next to the Zed that was hanging and she was trying to... um fiddle with the ropes or something and he was kind of reaching out at her and at one point she kind of like slapped at his hand like oh yeah. you <laughs> don't you dare yeah, silly don't touch. Like, nah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so okay fine that was quite entertaining yeah. um so yeah zombies and cinematography uh have you you yeah I, that was my number two so your turn Oh, brilliant. Okay, uh, for my number one, I will just go for Al because I thought we learned so much more about her. Her performance was great. Maggie Grace is knocking out the park and I'm glad that she's just coming back to the group as well. I was worried that it was going to be a whole, we can't find Al, where is she at? I kind of like that that little story arc, it feels like it paid off, it's wrapped up now. Al has opened up a bit more to the people around her and I'm intrigued to see where we go going forward. Mm -hmm. I also think she coped remarkably well with the fact that literally a million children turned up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Morgan's like, well we might have a few more. Like all these kids turn up and she's like, That'd be funny if she went, ah fuck. Yeah, I know. She's like, I really, really hate children. (laughs) Like, let me go back and find Isabel. It just keeps me, it makes me laugh about, um, it just makes me think of that old musical Oliver and I'm just like, so is Morgan Fagan? I'm just like, how does this work? <laughs> um, so I'm intrigued to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, and I thought there was a little, I don't know, Alicia looked pleased to see her. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. We'll say. see. If that happens, we'll uh, free round of drinks on me. For sure. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, my my last one was Al too, and and I was glad to see her back. And I thought, oh, good. I hope she's you know back for good for the rest of the season. And then I thought, yeah. oh, now that I thought that she's probably going to be dead by the end of this episode, which I yeah. thought could happen, but uh, it also, didn't. Also, you know, glad. sometimes in the main show they don't have a great track record with their gay characters hanging around for too long. So I'm a bit like, oh, okay. But that said, Strand is still with us, so you know. Yeah, and and Aaron. Yeah. Don't forget about Aaron. Aaron, the Black Widow of the Apocalypse, <laughs> where like everyone just he do, likes dies. Like, That's just because Aaron. Tom Payne didn't like his, didn't have enough speaking lines. Oh, <laughs> it still broke my heart. Yeah, still broke no, it. I know, I know. Me too. Uh, so another thing about her, well, I mean, I've already said all the things that I thought were interesting or that I liked. So I only have one thing that's a little bit of a, a department of suspension of disbelief. But it was funny when she said you know, I'm not staying in the car. And then an avalanche crushed the car. And then she says that that (laughs) rule of not staying in the car has kept her alive even before the zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, how many cars have been crushed by avalanches after you got out of them? The only defense I have for that, and it is flimsy, is that maybe as a war correspondent, you're told to stay in the car. But otherwise, I'm just like, do you know what? That is a really not a good quip. Just like, yeah, that happens to me all the time. I'm like, so serious about I know. Causing it? Like, (laughs) yeah, I I, I thought the same thing, maybe war correspondent but amazing okay notes um i have covered all my notes i had a note about cinderella the fact that al can climb and i like what they did with time in the show um i like that it's all kind of tied up quite neatly now i think mm-hmm. that works quite nicely uh okay my notes how did al know that isabel killed her friend 
was glossing over this because I was like, I've clearly missed something. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like... she just saw a zombie person, right? A zombie or soldier. Did so. she see? Hang on. Did something? she see the zombie and realize that there wasn't a bite because of the armor? Oh. Yeah, that was the only thing I could stretch, think of. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe she just gleaned it. Like, how did, how, or um, why did you kill your friend? And then when she starts to answer, yeah. Al's like, oh, I didn't really know you did, but now you just told me. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what else? There was a preacher ad on the one I watched. Oh, really? Final season starts August 4th. I'm excited. Oh, I've, ca- I've fallen behind yeah. with Preacher a little. Season three was pretty good, right? Yes. Season okay, two was kind of a that. bit depressing. Yeah, I, I I think we stopped one episode short of the end of season two and just never quite Three is worth, worth it. it. Yeah. Because it seemed to lose its energy just a little bit in right. season two. It did. Whereas season three I heard was better. So yeah, well, maybe I've got a long uh, plane journey coming up, so I might download that. Maybe <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah. And and also a motivation might be they're wrapping it up with season four, so not too much of a commitment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. That is it. We'll take a break. There's more to come. Stay with us. back and we're gonna do something a little different that we haven't done before i want to get you guys intrigued for the jason and karen show because karen and i have recorded a couple of episodes of that first one you heard the second one was just patreon exclusive as will the rest coming out but i'm going to play a short clip of that so you can get an idea of what we've been up to if you want to hear more you can go to patreon.com slash jason and karen and pledge the five dollar level or above and you'll be hearing all of the rest of those here you go my first one is thumbs up or thumbs down for both of you going to movies alone thumbs up thumbs up yeah (laughs) (laughs) did you both say thumbs up at the same time yeah yeah that doesn't mean honey that i don't like going with you i (laughs) do love going with you yep but um i used to have a job where i would have uh time off on weekdays and i would go to the movies myself and i loved it Mm -hmm. yes I remember yeah. the very first movie I went to by myself and it felt really weird. It was Fantasia and I was just a little kid, but um, I uh, wanted to see it and my mom didn't want to see it. So I saw it myself and then she picked me up after. And and um, even then I was still weirded out by it a little bit. But once I got into it, like, fuck it, man, I want to see this movie. Yes. It did feel weird at first, but then I got used to it. Now I'm like, I almost prefer it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know, it's fine. Right? It's fine either way. Same with restaurants. I used to get so weirded out about going into a restaurant and sitting mm-hmm. at a table by myself. But I don't know, maybe just getting older or just having more experiences of it. But I, I love it. Me too. <laughs> okay. Professional boxing. David? Uh, mixed feelings. Um, I have some romantic feelings for like Muhammad Ali and the great champions of the past, but I, I'd mm-hmm. say overall thumbs down. I always love that most people don't know the broader definition of the word romantic and think that you are in love with Muhammad Ali. You know? <laughs> well, uh, 
<laughs> not saying I'm not. He was, he was the greatest. Float like he a butterfly. Like a, he did like float a like a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Karen? Um, you, you could probably guess what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted for, to find one that you would give a thumbs down to. Yeah, that's a thumbs down for me. Okay, yeah. hey, shameless. Yeah, oh, no, there's lots of shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thumbs up or thumbs down, the concept of shame. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> All right, All what's right, your next one? Next one. one. Uh, and this is actually, I already kind of know what David's going to say. This is really specifically for you, Jason. Feeding beyond meat or impossible burgers to meat-eating relatives and friends and not telling them they're vegetarian. I and even once they're done and they leave and they don't know ever. Yeah. Or afterwards, you say, "Guess what? You just ate." Nope. They. You, I, we just keep it from them. I give the that a time. thumbs down. I don't like being. One time, my buddy gave me a taco, and I'm like, "What is it?" And he goes, "Just take a bite." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I took a bite, and then he told me it was a uh, tongue. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, w- I would have eaten it even if he told me. So I was really mad. I don't like feeding people things that they don't know what they, they don't are. Know. Yeah, yeah, so you know. Yeah. I give what? it a thumbs down. Good point. Well done. Okay. You go. Next one. Okay. Uh, toddler leashes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the clip. Remember that if you want to hear more, you can pledge $5 or higher at patreon.com slash Jason Karen. We're going to be recording another one of those. Uh, in about a week and a half and we're going to cover I think we're going to cover this horror movie Midsummer that's coming out this oh week. it's meant to be it bananas. looks so good I know yeah <laughs> obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens the people he kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking dead cast news update all right time for the news let's see the tvinsider.com interviewed Maggie Grace, who plays Althea. I thought it was pretty interesting. They say, had Andrew Goldberg and Ian Chambliss talked to you about what Althea's backstory would be, or was this script the first time that was addressed? She says, a lot of it they've had plans since the beginning. Some of the regret she mentions about putting her calling over people and using Al as a way to break into this wider mythology and wider Walking Dead universe. So that's exciting. And I think they found an interesting moment and encounter to bring that to fruition. Hmm. They say, how much, how much did you know about Rick, the Rick Grimes tie-in when you got the script? Was it intimidating to know fans would be analyzing every detail to find something that might have to do with him? No, it's fun that they're building in Easter eggs for the ride or die fans. And I've always known that there would be some way Al would connect to this wider world it's been exciting. I don't know any more than the fans do, really. Al has to moment by moment gauge the nature of this organization, which certainly doesn't seem to be one of benevolence. Perhaps brutality would be more accurate, but also represents great hope. I think Al's thinking they perhaps have the greater answer in terms of how the species survives and continues. Obviously, these are Scott Gimple questions, not for little old me, but I think in the moment by the campfire with Isabel, Al is really thinking big with what could be possible. That was another thing we didn't mention is Al finally really found a story here. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and now she's decided to keep it to herself. And we also didn't talk about why she didn't say, uh, tell her friends. And I think, well, what do you think? Why do you, why do you think she didn't tell her friends? 
because she didn't want to endanger Isabel, I think she thought if I tell them, they might insist on going to find out more. And I don't want to put Isabel in that position. Mm-hmm. I think also maybe she didn't want to endanger them. Yeah, you know? exactly. I don't think it wasn't like it wasn't like Isabel had said. We've got this amazing chocolate factory and it's wonderful. And all we do every day is eat candy and and go to the spa and it's brilliant. But you can never ever come there. It's like she didn't exactly make it sound great. So yeah. I think it was probably a mixture of those. I don't feel it was a big sacrifice for her to lie about that. Yeah, and I mean, it's clear that anyone who knows about this group is in danger, so Mm -hmm. maybe she thought it wouldn't accomplish much. At first, I was like, really? She's not going to tell him? But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Yeah. They ask, some fans had been wondering for a while if Al was a LGBTQ character, and this episode made that canon, and during Pride Month, no less. How did that come about? Was that always planned to be a part of her character and her story? She says, because we're dealing with a post-society world, I personally think it becomes a different conversation. I don't see societal convention or labels mattering much to these people in these circumstances. I think there's something really beautiful about that. I think to Al, it's something of a miracle to meet anyone in this world that you can come to recognize that deeply and trust that quickly and identify with so strongly in such a short time. That it happens to be a woman is not the big deal. The big deal is meeting someone at all in this world. I don't think people are that worried about labels or social conventions around whom they care about. I fucking love that. I think it's so beautiful. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's so right as well. Like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I mean, I think that's the way it should be no matter what. But I also have always thought that an, an area to explore in stories about the zombie apocalypse is people going, wait, why are we following these rules anymore? Who cares, mm-hmm. you know? No, exactly. It's great. It's really good to kind of break that barrier and that binary down for yeah. sure. Next item from uprocks.com, the helicopter timeline. So they go, as the Walking Dead universe continues to expand, the storylines also seem to be converging potentially around the helicopter people and Rick Grimes, who exited the Walking Dead in the fifth episode of the ninth season. Rick is currently on one timeline. Fear the Walking Dead is on another and the Walking Dead is on yet another. And we don't even know where the second spinoff currently filming in Virginia sits on the timeline. So let's take a quick look at where each of these shows is in their respective timelines, hitting only the highlights. So day zero is the outbreak on Fear the Walking Dead in L.A., Day 59, Rick wakes up from his coma on The Walking Dead. This is all according to Mm Uproxx. Day 64, the dam blows up in Mexico at the end of season three on Fear. Oh, that quickly. Jeez. Apparently. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Day 598, Negan kills Abraham and Glenn. Oh. Day 625, Jadis attempts and fails to trade Negan to the helicopter people. Day 620. (laughs) We don't want him. Yeah. Day 628, All Out War ends on The Walking Dead. Morgan begins walking towards Texas. Dwight also heads to Texas. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. that They both kind of went off that way at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just two steps behind one another, ignoring (laughs) each other. Day 794, Morgan arrives in Texas and meets John Dory on fear. Day 956, Dwight meets John, June, and Morgan in Texas. The helicopter people have picked up Althea. Day 1,207, Rick blows up the bridge on the wall. So that's where we are right now on fear. That's as far as we've gotten pretty much. Then day And Rick is seven, about two months later than that. 
Yeah. 207. Okay. Rick blows no. up the bridge on The Walking Dead and is picked up by the helicopter people. So there's activity with the helicopter people around, yeah, the same time, I guess, if this is okay. right anyway. Then it jumps to day 3500 because of the big time jump on Walking Dead. It's the end of season nine. Alpha and Beta have killed several Walking Dead characters. Kingdom has fallen at a voice perhaps from the helicopter people on the radio can be heard after Ezekiel and Judith have a conversation. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's a little timeline stuff for you guys. Interesting. I want Cindy Peterson to go over that because her timelines are, are the best right. ones. But Let's I think if... once it's been cross-checked, I'm, I'm happy right. with that. <laughs> I would, yeah, definitely defer to Cindy first. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, uh, comicbook.com mentions that AMC is bringing The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead to San Diego Comic Con as usual. It's, you know, mm-hmm. Hall H, Friday, uh, uh, what do you call it? Panels. I should know that since I've hosted yeah, about say. 100 of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Thursday, July 18th, Robert Kirkman is hosting Skybound Presents in Conversation with Robert Kirkman. Oh, that's cool. Then on Thursday, Walking Dead and Fear executive producer Dave Alpert's participating in adapting source material for film. Interesting. Alongside Maggie Bandur, co-executive producer of Deadly Class and Powerless, and M. Raven Metzner, co-executive producer and writer of Sleepy Hollow and Iron Fist. Nice. Cool. Uh, Author Wesley Chu, who just put out this China set spinoff oh, novel. Typhoon. Yeah, yeah. Walking Dead is appearing as part of marginalized voices in science fiction, fantasy and horror. Yes, that's amazing. Alongside author Rebecca Roanhorse, who wrote Star Wars Resistance Reborn. Awesome. And then, you know, they'll do the, the big panels on Friday and they haven't really announced who, but usually it's like tons of the cast. Last year was when Andrew Lincoln announced he was leaving the show oh yeah god has that only been a year since that announcement yeah a year a little less than a year and so anyway they'll do a fear panel and a walking dead panel and they'll probably have a bunch of the actors from both plus showrunners and gimp will be there and everything and we'll report on everything that comes out of those of course (gasps) and they'll probably do a walking dead season 10 trailer that's usually what they do yes that'll be interesting yep all right, that's it for the news. Now it's time for listener moans, groans, grunts. Christina Elaine says the episode was great. I love Al's character and she did a good job carrying the episode by herself. Loved getting a glimpse into the group that has Rick without saying anything specific. Cannot wait to know more. Absolutely. Megan Dively Lehman says, I want to know what went on in the bushes after that epic kiss. In mm-hmm. honor of Pride Month, I'm a little bit gayer now. <laughs> nice, Megan. Nice. Um, Orla Neve Isley says, this week's episode was fear at its best. I love how we learn more than ever about both Althea and the helicopter people, and the dynamics between Al and Isabel felt real and compelling. Also joining Megan in the I too am a bit gayer now. <laughs> Alex Baelish says, I'm gay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> says i thought it was one of the best episodes of the seasons because it gave us more questions but also some answers al is such a fun character and what i love about her is that she's smart and witty unlike what lucy has become she asks the questions we want (laughs) i don't think he's talking about you i know (laughs) i love that we have rock climbing walkers 
where can I get a jacket that Isabella wears? Is there a store in the apocalypse I can go to? Pitchfork gun, yes, and Al is getting some. Yeah, it's going to be uh, cosplay for sure for these guys. 100%. Um, some guy called Pake Allen says, mm-hmm. uh, really liked this episode. I already loved Al, but she really shined this week. The kiss between her and Isabel, I figured kind of would happen eventually, and I'm all for it. Good end to Pride Month. Can't wait to see what happens next week when that half of the group is all back together. Yeah, I guess I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> Jeff Allen says, naming your... Oh, why did I get this one? <laughs> I you were going to get it. Naming your child Althea. Uh, then he says the name and he says approximately pronounced Shevchik Pragoki or Pragaki. Shevchik Pragaki is just downright cruel. Although it would be an awesome Scrabble play. I love that they gave her that name. It's awesome. It's awesome. Where, where we live at the moment is hefty Ukrainian uh, immigration years ago. So loads of people here have names like that, which I just think is amazing. <laughs> if difficult to spell. Um, Steve Barr says, the dialogue was often so clunky, it was painful. Michael Acosta says, let's climb directly into a zombie. Sounds legit. <laughs> <laughs> John Ben says, glad to see Fear the Walking Dead is going on a better track. Do we even care about the guy back at the textile mill? Not me. <laughs> I wouldn't accept it's Mac Hedrum, Max Hedrum, yeah. so I totally do. Alicia Stout says, not sure about y'all, but I'm pretty sure I would not have made that climb. <laughs> no oh, tell way. Me about it. The lovely Bo Favo says, please, please dissect the weapon for us on the podcast. Pitchfork portion. Do you think they used average distance between people's eyes? Was there also a blade slash axe because a top of skull cut off? Fires bullets. And what was the taser part of the weapon? Do we think you can taser a zombie? I'm going to say yes, and I want to see it as soon as possible. Mo uh, brought this up on Twitter as well, and I, I have to think about my tasering response, but I, I think it would be fun, so we should definitely attempt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, yeah, you, you, we don't need to discuss it. You figured it out. The pitchfork yeah. portion was exactly probably the average distance between people's eyes. Yeah. Blade axe, yes. Yeah. Fire's bullets for sure. And yeah, the taser was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is our show, episode 359. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, Lucy. Pleasure as always. Always a pleasure. Yep. Always a pleasure. You're going to be off for two weeks. Yeah, I'm going back to the motherland to graduate. So when I come back, I'll be finally fully oh, Dr. Lucy. you just have the so, ceremony the yep gotta yeah. go and get uh get tapped on the head with a piece of john knox's underpants or whatever it is that <laughs> edinburgh do so <laughs> i'm not even joking you sounds can look amazing. it up <laughs> no, I, sounds very european yeah very hogwarts <laughs> <laughs> uh well we'll be missing you and you'll be back for the finale i presume i mean mid-season finale yeah we're, we're on five so six seven yeah i'll be back for the finale great mid-season finale yeah cool. All right. In the meantime, if you guys want to give us a call, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. As I mentioned, Stranger Things is about to start up, so look for that. And then uh, Rima and Sean already did a Stranger Things preview for season three, and then they'll be jumping right in. Yeah. 
next episode of this podcast, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 5, Episode 6, The Little Prince, which means probably Luciana. And I love that you guys pointed out last week was better for her, so hopefully the trend continues. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and hope. as I mentioned a little earlier, uh, Karen and I will be covering Midsummer on the Jason and Karen show if you want to hear that. You can go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen and pledge $5 or higher. And we also have a lot of fun on that show with uh, a lot of different little segments and things, mostly trashing stuff, but it's fun. And we like it. <laughs> I'm saving up for my plane ride. So I'm excited. <laughs> All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, bit Alex, Alex Baelish. Baelish.